Hey. Hey, what's up? Sorry, uh, doorbell rang and oh. I got an Amazon package. Yeah, what was that? What'd you get? Um, hold on. Let me. It's one of two things. Oh. I ordered. I no. I ordered a new phone case because this Xdoria one I got I don't like. But I think it's. I get this certain kind of. Have you ever heard of lip venom? It's no. like a. It's a lip plumper, but it's like clear. Mm. Um. But they make a whole line, and it's the only thing that keeps my lips from getting chapped. Oh, well, you gotta and have I that. You know, Actually, I lost the secret sauce that my mom used to do when I was little, and my sister and I would get mm. terrible chapped lips. Elizabeth Arden Eight Hour Cream. I know, yeah, that did you work. That oh no, this is my eyelid primer. Okay, it's like a, well, it's like a. <laughs> you know, treatment, I don't even know what that means. No, it's so. a. <laughs> it's like a treatment that also helps uh, keep your eyeshadow on. Oh. See, I so. don't wear eyeshadow, so I don't have a pre-treatment to keep it on. Well, I mean, you can get like paste to just put on there, but this is actually also like it. Do- it doesn't hurt your eyes. It's actually good for it. So I'm gonna yeah. take your word for it because I, <laughs> the amount I know about makeup, could literally be written in the air, and just. <laughs> <laughs> and that is not well, my jam. If you want to ask me about, about basketball, baseball, softball, football. I know about that. I know too. you do. I know you're a sports person also. I'm just saying that's not, you know, you want to well, ask yeah. me the difference between the iOSs or something? I, yes. What I know about makeup could fit on the back of a CVS receipt. Oh, stop it. No, I'm serious. Oh, one of the big ass long ones? Yeah. yeah. That's like 10 feet long? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> not uh, me. No, this no, no. episode. Okay, oh. so look, look, we're going to get right into it. We'll just We'll just jump in. Because Rich I can tell you are you got a lot to say here. So I, gonna... You know what? That's the thing. I don't know if I do. I, you know what? Have we ever had a problem fi- finding something to say? No, but it's just like, and I think I was in a really, I was in a really bad mood when I watched it. And it didn't help that right before it, they ad- aired a, um ad for Todd Young for U.S. Senate. Oh, who's yeah. Tea Party fuckstick who's trying to unseat Evan Bayh. And I was just like, I don't want to see your stupid face, like, lying about your servant military service i know i I hate that you know what it's almost over it's almost over two days two days and then you won't have to see political ads for another two years (laughs) you know what no let's be honest it'll be about a year and a half yeah well you get 18 months free of political bullshit so i'll take it yeah i'll take it i guess all right let me grab my i've got my water which water do you have today I have LaCroix this time. Ah, uh, fancy. Uh-oh. That's just simple. No flavor. No. I, I just have my, my cranberry juice, as per usual. Yeah. Just rocking my my ocean spray. Well, I'm, I'm excited to talk with you and Carrie on Tuesday. and I know. And then again on Wednesday for like, yeah. you know, like. I'm ex- yeah. Hopefully you guys aren't too hungover. So. <laughs> well, if we are, hopefully it's for a good reason. We not- are. I promise to talk in my very best baby drunk voice so that you don't get a headache <laughs> baby trump baby trump all right let's get started you ready you ready to rock and roll okay welcome to talk amongst ourselves i'm nora and i'm Kelleen. and this is talk amongst ourselves and today we're going to be talking about the fourth episode of saturday night live hosted by benedict cumberbatch with musical guest Solange. I'm just going to say her name fancy like that because I, I think it's more appropriate than Solange. 
Solange was on. Or, or as Michael K. from D-Listed calls her basement baby. Oh. I know, but because it always seemed like, because one, I think it was just like, you know, she was finding herself and figuring out who she was other than like Beyonce's sister. Yeah. And now she's we, definitely. We're going like, to talk everything Solange yeah. when mm-hmm. we get there. Okay, so let's start off with this cold open that we walk right into. It's the CNN Aaron Burnett out front with Cecily. Thank you, Cecily, for coming back into my life. I love you when you do your uh, everything. But anyway, yeah. so she's really good as Aaron Burnett. I, I, you know, because of this political season, I am binge watching every political show that I can yeah, possibly watch, including yeah, some Fox News. Oh, just to, I because I, I, I do it just to see, like, if something's happening, I flip between MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News to see what each of them is saying about it because sometimes all three of them have totally different takes on what's happening. And I also need to know what my crazy aunt in Northern California is listening to on Fox News so I can talk her down because um, she gets crazy well, ideas from that. And uh, they, uh, Fox News actually apologized. They uh, did apologize for that bullshit story. So, yeah. And, good, uh, so good for I you guess. for apologizing. Mm-hmm. Fox mm-hmm. News. It, that, I tell you what, that would not have happened if Roger Ailes was still in no. place. No, what had happened was. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> See, what had happened was. <laughs> That's how they need to do it when they're apologizing. What had happened was. Oh, we you know had what? Heard... I want them to do like, what if Fox <laughs> News had all black anchors? Oh my God, that would be so good. And like, they say the exact same thing. Can I just say that something? All we, could write that. Say. we could write that sketch for Saturday Night Live and you could have Leslie and Keenan and Che. And, and Sashir. And Sashir do like the black Fox and dave series. and dave when he hosts yeah there you go some some redemption song okay so she comes out and she's you know um <laughs> she's live with both trump and uh hillary for some reason you know uh they're in two different locations we're just gonna have this interview with them which would be great i wish somebody would have done this for real during the election but my favorite thing is you know like why she asked she asked trump like how do you have the energy to keep going because it's like you guys are doing so many events yeah and he says well my big love for america and a handful of uppers meant for resources yeah (laughs) because that's actually from what we hear that's not far from the truth I don't, you know, I don't think he knows what's in his Flintstone kids vitamins that he's chewing on. <laughs> I think there's an extra special gradient in there that somebody oh, yeah. has been slipping him for quite some time. I mean, you know, it's <coughs> not, this is not unusual for a celebrity to be being. Fetter me, <laughs> You know, we've heard plenty of stories of other celebrities who have been, you know, at the hands of personal trainers and other well, things. No, I, I've know. heard it about him. This is not, I mean, it's been around no. for quite some time. Oh, I, I think he's totally cooked out, but that's just me. Uh, they say, uh, Phenermine. She, Phenermine. Let's get the facts right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't want to insult cocaine me. users by throwing yeah. Trump in there with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, come on. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't throw cocaine. And Alec, of course, that yes, I know. Alec, Alec had some of the best lines in this cold open. He says, you know, nobody knows what I think. I use a very private, very secure site where you can write whatever you want and no one can see it. It's called Twitter. <laughs> like- <laughs> and, um, and, you know, like, and then Burnett gets into, okay, we're going to talk about the big um, yeah. story of the week. And 
I couldn't understand what I rewound it like four times. I couldn't understand what Kate was saying she was under saying her breath. His income taxes. Let it be his income taxes. Oh, that's what she okay. kept saying it over and over. And then she was like, "We're going to talk about your email." She's like, oh. I just love that every time they something juicy came up, he just kissed. He just kissed the KKK. Are we going to talk about that? Not, yeah, that's not really a story. Yeah, that, that was an FBI agent. That was an FBI agent. Yeah. And he just kissed. No, we're gonna let's just get back to the email. Yeah, you know what, uh, Secretary Clinton? That's really not. That could be anything. That could that mean could anything. Anything. <laughs> and then she was like, <laughs> like she did that open mouth wail, like death uh, wail. Thing. And, and was, in like, that moment, yeah. she was all of us. If Kate hadn't been wearing that glued on wig, it it would be too bad if it was her. Like you know, she could just like start tearing her hair out. That would have been out, even better. Yeah. Just because you don't want to ruin that wig, though. You know, I don't even want to know how much that wig costs. Yeah. Um, the perfect Hillary wig. I know. It's just, it's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous because P.S. America, America. Let me just uh, do a little Bernie Mac here. America. They might be engaging in like actual espionage. Uh, like, hello. He uh, is the Manchurian candidate. Oh I my know. God. This is, it. just the fact that, I mean, even before this section of the emails, first of all, all you have to know is they came from Anthony Weiner. We already know what's going to be in these emails. His fucking penis. Okay. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody needs to ever know. Or it's just no. going to be emails from Huma going, I can't believe I'm still fucking married to this guy. Yeah, basically. And I hope it is. I hope it's a bunch of emails like begging her girlfriends for help on how to leave Anthony Weiner. Okay. Because he is a <laughs> Well, dick. apparently uh, New York Post got pictures of him riding a horse at sex rehab in Tennessee. Oh I'm God. like. God. How is riding, that part of sex rehab? Horse, riding, riding a horse, really? Uh, that's Can I just say something? Isn't that helpful? like like a turn a trigger on for people? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But he looked. But he looked. I don't think they're ridiculous. doing sex rehab right. I think that this is. I think he went to the I I am sexually defunct rehab place and then got you know was like yeah this is good stuff. <laughs> yeah, he went to where he he went to the rich kids rich adults camp yeah. where he can just hide for a while, basically. And then I love that they broke character and yeah, Alec was like, horrible. just, he was just like, I, I can't keep doing this. I don't want to keep yelling this stuff at you. It's so awful. And they're running around Times Square hugging yeah, people. To, and to, to the theme music from where the wild things are yeah. and like dancing with everybody. I, I, I will say when I first watched it again, I was in a bad mood from the Todd Young ad because it looks like he might actually win. Um, but I was like, why are they playing nice? We can't pretend like everything's nice and, oh, we're going to come together and it's so cute because it's not going to happen that way. It's a nice idea. <laughs> it's like It was like a less infuriating ruffling of the hair the first time I watched it. But I think, I, again, I was just in like a bad mood. I think it was good because when they came back in the studio, obviously live, That's running into great. the studio... And then I honestly I got choked up when Kate started talking because she was oh, like she was know, about to cry and she was like no matter wh- who you vote just go vote and you know she wanted to say like you well can't, and they both you know, said we can't tell you we can't tell you who to vote for that that's basically telling you I know to say we can't tell yeah. you is telling you basic yeah I mean obviously neither of them is telling you to vote for oh, Trump also <laughs> I love how SNL how much they're calling and I, I think a lot of it is probably anger in the position they were put in last season being forced to host trump right um like how much they put down their own network like how uh, kate mckinning uh called out mark burnett yeah 
like release the tapes, release the kraken. And no, as they say on the yeah, give me an N. <laughs> oh man, that was that was a that was a major yeah, like shot. Yeah. I could. I was like, okay, you go, girl. That's like, I'm not a Trump supporter. Well, you know what, fucker, you're complicit. Yeah, I mean, that's basically someone who says, "I'm not a rapist," but they walk by someone being raped and do nothing about it. Yeah, or it's like, the same yeah. thing. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like it, you can't say you're I, not yeah, for something I, I and then my, you know yeah, it happens. I know my roommate raped somebody, but don't call me a rapist. I mean, I will. I will say this legally, Mark Burnett himself cannot release the tapes. There are ways legally. Well, here's the deal. Someone who has access to them could leak it and then it's out there and then they can do an investigation and try and find that person. So I recommend well, whoever you are out there who has access to these tapes, you could do it and get and away with it. Hasn't Mark Cuban like offered to pay whatever fine or like legal oh, I'm sure he would. penalties? People who are going to vote for him, like I doubt that's going to make a difference. No, they first of all, they want to hear him yeah, say the be- N word. Because yeah, they like, say it all the time. So if yeah. he referred to Obama as the N-word or any black celebrity as the N-word or just black people in general as the N-word uh, on a hot mic, they're going to be standing up and cheering. They're going to be like, this guy talks what's in my head. Yeah, they, oh, so they want to re- reclaim the N-word. Yeah. So they, White people want to reclaim the N-word. Yeah, I mean, this is not, it's not going to change the hardcore supporters mind there's nothing that's going to change their mind because they have come uh to a complete conclusion about hillary and that is that she is you know a lizard person who is satan who's here to destroy the entire world i have a terrifying anecdote that one actually somebody um who lives about uh seven miles away from me um shared after like he went to breakfast after he voted and he until recent, like until recently, has considered himself a lifelong Republican. Sure. But he said that there were like a table of old ladies at this breakfast diner talking about if she wins, I've been praying she'll get, she will get shot. There are, they are just like the Kennedys. They think they're above the law. Next lady said, "Yep, Trump is the only way. He will put her in jail or make sure she's killed." Bill too. Third lady, I thought John was cute, but he got people killed too, just like Hillary. I hope she gets killed if she wins. These are old ladies saying that. Let me just say this. Uh, Last night I watched, because I wanted to watch it before the election, I did not want to watch it Monday. So I watched last night Trumpland, which was Michael Moore's thing. And let me say this. You have to keep watching it because in the first five minutes or so, my mom was ready to turn it off because he was pretty nasty. And you're Mm -hmm. like, what are you doing? And then I remembered, I was like, oh, I, I started thinking in my mind, this is why the RNC cut together little pieces of what he said out of this whole film and then uh, put it out as like this promo, like Michael Moore was anti-Hillary. Well, and Michael Moore has never like made a secret. He's not a fan. He says it very openly. Well, he actually is a huge fan of Hillary. If you read his first, no, 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 no. If you read his first book, the first book he ever wrote has a chapter in it called My Forbidden Love for Hillary Clinton. Oh, where okay. he is he loves her. But what he says in the in the in the movie basically, uh mm-hmm. he says I've never voted for a Clinton. He didn't vote for Bill. He didn't vote um and he didn't vote for, you know, he's never voted for Hillary. He says I'm not a Hillary voter. I voted for Bernie in the primary. So he was addressing a crowd, it was a mixed crowd of Hillary supporters. Uh, Trump supporters like on the marquee in the theater where he had his Mm -hmm. thing 
it said, you know, Michael Moore live tonight. Trump supporters welcome. Yeah. <laughs> like, please come. We're not here to bash you. And this movie is so brilliant because it takes you on this sort of roller coaster of like, here's where the Trump supporters are. Here's why they got there. And here is what's actually going on with Hillary. And it was interesting for me to watch just because I, I'm in the same boat as Michael Moore. I mean, yeah, I, you, I did, uh, except yeah, for you, I did it was, a, for, it was a long and winding road yeah, to, for it, accept, to acceptance way for you. Way long and winding road. But I mean, thing, it was long for me, but not the not like it was for you. No, the difference between me and Michael Moore, though, is I did the first presidential election I could vote in was the 96 election, Bill Clinton. So I voted for Clinton, obviously, in that. And then I voted for Gore in 2000. Yeah. So um, and I voted uh, Kerry in 2004. So mm-hmm. I did never, never, never voted yeah, the guy, I, I didn't get to vote for a winner until my uh, third presidential election. <laughs> when you voted for Obama? Yeah, well, I mean, technically I voted for a winner in 2000, but we saw how that Oh, went. God, let's not let's not relive that. That's, <laughs> this is dark times, dark times. But, yeah, imagine being in your college dorm going through that. Like, but I will just, say, like, you should watch this movie. Everybody should watch okay. this movie. Watch Trumpland, um, because Michael Moore is brilliant. He mm-hmm. takes the entire Trump argument... And flips it on its head and shows you how you're what, voting against your like basically basically yeah. how you're voting against your own interests and how and Republicans have been doing that for years like well, like middle lower class Republicans have been doing that for years it, it was interesting to me because I had to take a hard look at myself and what mm-hmm. my opinion of Hillary was based on versus yeah. what she's actually done and not mm-hmm. the rumors or whatever. And I had to like really like rethink my entire position because, you know, I've kind of been a, a bit of an asshole about it. And I we, honestly, I I, I, I'm just, I'm not going to own it. I was a bit of an asshole about it. And I was very heartbroken about Bernie and I cried like a baby. We, and we got in arguments about we it. Got we got plenty of got, arguments about we, it. We got over it because we're, you hey, know, we're, that's what true friends do. That's right. They argue to, and they get over it. Yeah. I just think it's it's interesting to me to look at it and think about that because I think a lot of people in my particular generation and Gen X um, have the same opinion. And I realized looking back on this on, on what Trumpland discusses and he talks about um, when he wrote that chapter about mm-hmm. Hillary, it was during the time that she was first lady and she was getting so viciously attacked about like oh, everything she was doing. It didn't matter what she did. She was wearing the wrong outfit. Her hair mm-hmm. was terrible. They didn't like her eyebrows. Her voice was shrill. It was like just this every day, nothing she, she yeah, did she, was right. She didn't stay in her place. No, basically. she didn't stay in like, her place. And she said, you know, she said her famous line, like I could have, you know, stayed home and baked cookies, home and cookies and hosted teas, but I decided to pursue the path that I was on, which is what I got a college degree for. And yeah, that, she's like that was Bill like had nothing sentence. to do with this. That was the yeah. Death Bill has Bill has nothing to do with me. Basically, she yeah. she was her own person, and mm-hmm. the, he was talking about even her evolution that she did when he was running for governor of Arkansas during the first election. Um, her name was Hillary Rodden. She had never taken. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and, she and he had, lost. She was, 
to take it. Yeah, and he because, lost. And basically yeah. the newspapers were like, well, you know, you're too much of a feminist and we're not going to vote for somebody who's married to that. So she like, changed her name yeah, to Hillary he Rodham Clinton. his wife. I don't no. want He can't handle this state if he can't handle basically. his wife. So when she changed her name and got a little makeover and had more of like the southern hair and the yeah. outfits... Then he got elected. Yeah, she looked more. She got a junior league makeover. She got a basically. junior league makeover, and then he got elected. And then he got elected again, and then you know they, you know, the rest is history. He ran for president. Yada yada yada. It was interesting to watch this and look back on my own thoughts about Hillary when I was young, when I was in high school. What I thought about her later on when she ran in two thousand and eight. I was not a supporter. I wasn't either. I was. I. I. Well, I fell in love with Brock at the DNC. In 2000. Oh, me too. And I was like, why is this man no, not? 2004. Yeah, the 2004, sorry, um, DNC where he did like the keynote speech. And I was like, why is he not running for president this year? In the same way that and I feel like right now, why isn't Michelle Obama running for president right now? Because I he would fucking vote for her. People for the job. Or I hope, the, you know what? Want. I hope 2020 has a Michelle Obama, Elizabeth Warren ticket. Well, I, 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 I made a joke on Instagram about like, how about with, with a picture of Michelle and Jill? And I was like, how about Obama Biden 2020? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. I love her too. I love her too. I just think it, it, in general, women, and we do have this problem of latching on to petty bullshit things that we blow out of proportion to attack one another. And it is, a, it, it, this is, it, this is the female it, trait that is actually dangerous. Forget about women on their periods and, you know, uh, whatever else, because that's what people want to emphasize. Oh, women are on their periods and then they can't make decisions because they're emotional. Like, um, everybody's emotional if you have to make a decision whether yeah, or not to like do something serious. Cycles too. I know. But the thing that we have to change amongst ourselves as women is our willingness to throw another woman under the bus for bullshit where we would forgive a man more often than not. It's you know easy I mean? to celebrate a man and celebrate a woman's downfall. Yeah. And we have to stop doing that because that is that is the key to our own destruction. And that's half of, I, I would say, actually, probably 75% of why women don't have equal pay for equal work. And well, we don't, and and we don't have other things because look at the, I'm sorry, look at the other side of the aisle. Like I consider myself a feminist, but I was still hating on Hillary for reasons that really weren't relevant to what was happening. But you look on the other side of the aisle and you see these women who have openly said like, Trump can grab my pussy. That would be great. I like that. Yeah. You know, and like oh, weird stuff like, or, read, or women that, who are saying, uh, I, I, I'll give up my right to vote. Article? Which Time Magazine article? I think it was about the women who are still voting for Trump. Oh, yes. I saw that. The women. In, yeah. And, and the but, one who said, I, I like that. I would yeah, like that. Yeah. I like being groped. Like, what? I don't think you know what groping is. But, um, you know, I mean, you see these women, even the women who said, well, yeah, I think they should repeal the 19th Amendment because women shouldn't make those decisions. I was like, I'm sorry. What? Then you have no business voting. Then why I mean, are you then voting? Don't vote. Then don't vote. You think women should have the right vote and you're a woman? Then don't vote. <laughs> Then you, you have the right favor. to don't vote. you have the right to repeal your own nineteenth you know like, the nineteenth amendment in your does, own life. How does that even work though? How would you vote to repeal something that's giving you the power to vote? It's a not you can't hello think about it. <laughs> you know I mean, and, but I think overall this goes back to the message that girls are given from a very early age that we're all given from a very early age 
um, I think is less now, but it's still prevalent is that, you know, girls are here and boys are here. And there's things that only boys can do and, and blah, and, blah, and, blah, bullshit, and, you know. And girls are tasked with the responsibility of maintaining that balance. Right, right. We can't upset the apple cart because, you know, God forbid uh, girls do things that guys do and maybe <gasps> shh, do it better. Like, you know, yeah. Um, I mean, oh, this... it's just like it's just like that moment in Anchorman. And she's better than me. <laughs> and she's better than me. Yeah. And with Danny, that scene with Danny Trejo. Yeah. It's a great like, scene. Oh, and, and Danny Trejo is like this feminist bar- bartender in the 70s. I mean, women are doing their own. Women are doing what men are doing now. <laughs> we went way off. Let's get to the monologue here. Benedict Cumberbatch uh, comes out in his little dapper little black suit. I, you know what? I think he I, he could come out and like dress like Bruce Springsteen and he would still look dapper. It's kind of like not his fault. He's, he's just, just a like dapper gene- guy. He's, he's genetically dapper. He's he genetically is. posh. You just look at him and you're like, oh, like I, do I bow or curtsy yeah. or what's, what's, what's the etiquette? But you, know, <laughs> like, thought- you, you look at, like you walk into a room with him and you immediately feel underdressed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much, but I liked his opening line. You know, I'm so glad to be hosting Saturday Night Live on, in the last week of America as we know it. Like, yeah, you know it's, I mean? it's, it's basically true. It's basically true. And I thought this this musical intro that they did was it, cute. I mean, was Leslie was like really, really. I I mean, I just think again, Leslie was just like speaking truth uh, out loud. I don't think really any. I mean, if she helped write that, she was just like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, and uh, but the Shaft music was just, I'm like, really? That's so been done, like, so many times. I know. It, I said it was just, cute. I didn't say it was fabulous. I love I Kate coming out as Tilda Swinton, though, in her full oh, Doctor absolutely. Strange outfit. Where she just, but, like, pulls a Bjork and just, like, shouts, like, a weird note. <laughs> it would have been better if she was Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> Bjork dressed as Tilda Swinton. Bjork dressed as Tilda Swinton when they put the swan yeah. on. Bjork, Bjork. Uh, but uh and his it's like just let your like just let your sad rabid fan base be your sad rabid fan base i think part of the problem with this episode is i'm just gonna say like they tried to do british humor and they are not british humor writers so they try to come at it from this weird angle the entire episode and i don't know i'm just gonna call it this i'm blaming the writers this week Whoever pitched these sketches yeah, and it was bad. overall super flat episode. There were well, like tiny little blips of funny. I didn't laugh was like, a number of times. Yeah, and, but... and like some some concepts that would have been like okay if you had just done more. It's like I don't I, I don't know if it was low energy or like a res- like a restraint. I just think they were but... afraid of Benedict Cumberbatch. I I really felt like they were honestly afraid of him. They were afraid to push him in weird directions, and they were afraid to like they didn't. He didn't do one crazy character. Uh, I, he didn't do one afraid, crazy you're, character. You're afraid, you're afraid to <laughs> you're afraid to get weird with Doctor Strange. I know it's like it doesn't make any sense. Okay, so the monologue was whatever, and then we had the first short, which was the toilet short. And uh, and let me just say this: the only thing I mean, they're making fun of the Apple ad from the eighties. Eighties. Okay, that's great, but 
and, and then he's sitting on it backwards. The only funny thing in this whole sketch isn't even Benedict Cumberbatch with like his full blue steel face, sunglasses, sitting on backwards on a toilet. It's like blue steel. It's like it's like if Derek Zoolander tried to be the Terminator. Yeah, that's it. Would should have been a Derek Zoolander short. But anyway, the <laughs> best line though was it, the narrator at the end: "Coming spring 2017, already available in Japan." <laughs> yeah, that that was <laughs> that's cool. funny. But, but I'm sorry, but yeah, when the this feels only... like it's been done a million times. It's stupid. It feels... Dated. How many times have they it's made just, fun of the lazy. Apple ad from the 80s? I don't know. Yeah, it was now? lazy. It's dated. It's lazy. But the thing is, it's like, yeah, we get that they're making fun of that ad. People are like, probably I'm like the oldest group of people who would right. like, would get that. Anybody under the age anybody of who's 25 30, is like, no, I don't anybody get it. under the age of 30 <laughs> yeah. is not going to get that. No, they don't get it. So then after that, they had the GSN uh game show network sketch There's, with Beck Bennett. I, uh, Why is Benedict Cumberbatch so hot? This is his new the, game with AD and Vanessa the playing yeah, themselves. Every, every, yeah, everybody on the show is playing themselves. And I love that um, Vanessa's like in her cat lady sweater. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, they're themselves and Beck is like just being a whiny bitch boy. So Vanessa why is Benedict Cumberbatch so hot? She's like, yeah, I have and to then say you it find in out front the of whole him, reason like, right yeah, now. The, like, yeah, the whole reason is because he's annoyed because he feels like he's getting you ignored know, by all the girls. Ignored. He's like, why can't I get the ladies, man? And I'm, I really love seeing Beck Bennett like front and center more this season. I'm he's really enjoying him a lot this season. I enjoyed the and- sketch because I just thought it was like. So what did I, I wrote down? I said it was goofy and fun. I mean, it's just goofy because Beck is making fun of himself. But also mm-hmm. I love that both AD and Vanessa, when asked to describe why uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is so hot, they just resort to like primal sounds because yeah, they cannot like, get words out of And I love Vanessa. Wait, uh, you cut me off before I was done and I was almost finished. <laughs> and Benedict is like, Vanessa, no. Vanessa, no. Like, and I want this to be a recurring bit. Like, this would have been great with Ryan Gosling. It would have um, been great, but did, did you see that, you know, at the end, he's like, next week our show will be, who's hotter, me or Kyle Mooney? And then 80s, like, yeah. oh, you know, Kyle's my number one. <laughs> <laughs> and I wonder, I would like, did he write this with Kyle or did Beck write this himself? Because it almost seems like Beck is better when he's not with Kyle. Yeah, I think he probably wrote it by himself because I didn't see that much of Kyle really at all. It was very, I mean, there was a lot of Mikey in this episode, which I'm not mad at. Um, Mm -mm. We got to see Melissa for like five and a half seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, Sashir, Sashir paging Sashir. Yeah. uh, I I didn't see her in anything. And if I did, I forgot. Has anybody like seen her? Uh, Again, again, well, let's, let's get on to the next one. Um, And, and this one annoyed me. I'm just going to say it. Well, you know, it was a, it was a recurring character. Which one? This Pete Davidson character? Yeah, it's just, I, I think... It's stupid. Pete, Pete's presence in the cast has value, but they still don't know what to do with him. No, he's just um, playing an idiot. I mean, this office hour well, sketch, and then it's like, this is what I'm saying, they what? didn't give Benedict any real characters to do. Oh, now he's a, a, a college professor questioning his sexuality. I mean, like, come on. It's just, this is I, stupid. I will say it shows that Pete Davidson does have good comedic timing. Oh, he does, um, but I mean, this—he has nothing to do in the sketch except for keep his eyes super wide and go, "Okay, yeah, all right, cool, okay, whatever, all right, cool." Yeah, I um, mean, it's just—it's stupid. Uh, he, 
was better. It was better when he did it with Julia Louis Dreyfus, the pool boy sketch. I think it was just it, the premise was better. The premise with this, you could tell they were trying to work this character back into another sketch. Yeah, and it felt contrived. Um, and the thing is, Pete, like I said, Pete Davidson really does sell that character, and his, you know, and his timing with this character is really good. I didn't yeah. like it. I just thought it was boring. It was, it, it was contrived. It and really it was, was obvious what was going to happen. Hard. It was obvious they, what was going to happen. Well, they worked way too hard to try to put this character in another sketch, and they should have waited until it felt more like organic. Like it made sense. Like this, they wrote the sketch around this character, and it yeah. was dumb. Yeah, it was. I didn't like it. I, moving on. Okay, then we have the bachelorette party sketch, <laughs> which I'm going to dub uh, "Granny's Weekend at Bernie's." Because that's basically what it is. But this sketch do, I yeah, thought no, was we, ridiculous at, and funny. Yeah, weekend at, uh, at Bernadette's. Bernadette's. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, the premise for the sketch is uh, Cecily's 82-year-old grandma is getting, or 83, she's getting remarried at 83. And so they're going to throw her a surprise bachelorette party. And everybody says surprise. And she's having a coronary. A heart attack. And, and they just sits, think and she's they, really surprised. Yeah, they just and think they're she's like, so oh, surprised. And I just want to say that in this sketch, the thing that disappointed me was that Kate McKinnon wasn't dirtier as the and old then, lady friend. No, no, yeah. Oh, I thought it was. I was so excited when I saw that character because I thought it was going to be what was it? What was her name? Deanie? Was that her oh, name? The actress. Uh, yeah, the actress. Played, that would have been the great. Like I, I was really, I was waiting, and that is my whole issue with this sketch. I, yeah, there's a lot of physical comedy in it, but I don't feel like they pushed it hard enough. Now this, this I would say, is Benedict's best sketch just because he went so far away from anything he's ever done before. So I liked that for him. Yeah, but they oh, treated him like a porcelain doll who they were afraid to break when he was like, no, I want to get yeah. roughed up and get dirty and go out. Like, he was like, he, they treated him like a dandy in a suit. And he was like, no, I want to go out and skin my yeah. knees and you know, play rough. I want, and so I wish they would have, it's like they, they thought, it was like, do you think you know, but you have no idea. Poor um, 80 getting smacked around in the face though with all the bums and the penises and the little tool belts. I mean, like I felt for her. I was like, Jesus, I hope I know, she's like, like not going to be okay? bruised and fucked I know, up after. I was, I was like, it's, it's like, <laughs> date rape and ne- necrophilia. I know. And I then when the Cubs came out at the end, that was cute. I have was to say, cute. Rizzo giving her a little twerk action was, uh, you know. I You could tell that, that and actually, that I think the Cubs really, again, the Cubs saved this episode they because did. you feel their energy and how happy and how much they were having literally the time of oh, their life. These guys are so pumped right now. They're having so much fun. Okay, yeah. and then uh, your one of your favorites, Solange, mm-hmm. comes out for her first song. Now, uh, I'm just going to say this. Cranes in the Sky. Yeah, okay. I had to turn it off after like 45 seconds because it was so terrible. I like it. I know I, you do, and I, I still I, love you. But I, I, like I just look at her, like- and the only thought I have in my mind, and this is not bad, but there are two types of recording artists in the world. Uh-huh. The people who can bring it in the studio and bring it live and studio recording artists. And well, I think she should just stay in the studio. I do not come out and sing live anymore. You're no, not apparently strong she was live. really nervous. I could tell. Like she, 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 she wrote terrible. about it. She wrote, she actually wrote about 
her being nervous. I think, I don't know. I, I don't think blame I her for re- being nervous. I'd probably pee myself if I was on stage at Saturday Night Live. I could just say that. I'd have to be wearing some Depends because I would literally be peeing myself. But if you're going to be a performer live, you're going to have a crowd wherever you go. That's your job. You need to be able to sing live despite being nervous. Well, I think that that. was her first time performing that song live as well. Well, Um, go to a bar and practice it or something. I mean, I don't know what to say. You know, you're going to be on TV. No, I I guess a lot of people didn't like it. Um, Uh, I I did. Oh, I'm glad. You should. There we go. Solange, you and have I, a fan. I loved her costuming and everything. I mean, I think I thought I she know. looked like like a radio telescope antenna. If Lady Gaga had been wearing, I it, would I say the been... same thing. I don't like so much accoutrement on people when they're See, performing. It's it too, much. too much. I don't know. I didn't think it was too it's much. It's too much. I... It's it's too okay. much. And then it was not distracting enough from the terrible singing. So it's you know. I think it was nerves. I don't think I think I'm she's not, talented. That's fine. I, I think it was to, I will give her another chance to perform live. But I'm telling you right now, if it's that off key again, stay mm-hmm. in the studio, honey. Stay in the studio. And there's okay. no shame in that. There's no shame in being a studio recording artist and pumping out jams for people and getting a little boost from the you know control dial to make you sound <laughs> a little bit better. Pump up the jams. Don't do a live performance. People will still dance to your shit. I don't have a problem with that. I love all kinds of music. You know, mm-hmm. I know me too. And so okay. I think it, but some people honestly, and you, it's not just her. We've seen plenty of bands where you hear their song on the radio and you're like, oh, I love this song. And then you see them perform live and you're like, you people are trash. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I can't even believe I liked this song. And my mom told me that was like the thing with Jerry Garcia and, you know, oh, Grateful Dead. The Grateful Dead. She goes, either you would see, because they used to perform in the hate when my mom lived in the hate. Mm-hmm. So she would hear them all the time from like bars down the street and stuff and she was like either they were magic and they blew your fucking mind and you couldn't believe what just happened or, or they, they were the trash. worst thing you'd ever seen so it's like with bands like that's inconsistent and then you have someone who's on last week like bruno mars who is so unbelievably unbelievable every time he performs live it's better than the studio recording mm-hmm. and then you have this and then you're like oh god like i just felt for her as a mother I felt like I was watching a terrible talent show performance of one of my children and I just wanted to go give her a hug. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. I know it's going to be okay. <laughs> like, that's, Oh crap. You know, oh, happened? doorbell ring. Uh-oh. Who uh, is at the door? Huh? Who is at the door? It's the rest of my, rest of my stuff. Oh, your other. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Uh, normally my mom would get it, but she's out of town. So that's okay. Anyways. Okay. So anyway, so we're on... done talking about Solange. Okay. Yeah, but well, it provided some great Instagram pictures of Leslie and Beyonce and Jay Z. So whatever. There you go. Hey, whatever gets more Leslie on the internet, I'm all for. It. I know. I know. Well, yeah, anything that gives Leslie beautiful memories is. I I applaud that. Yeah. Um. Anyways, okay. okay. Weekend now... update. Let's get to the weekend update, which you which you texted me yesterday. Since I have wait, since... did we have did we have one more before that? No, or did Solange okay. and then weekend update? We went to commercial okay. break after Solange, okay. and then it was weekend update. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read uh back to you what you said to me last night. You said I don't even know what to do with this show anymore. And I said, uh oh, I'm planning to stay up to watch. Is it that bad? And you said there are moments of okay. It just seems incredibly problematic to me, especially when it comes de- comes to women. Watch it for a while, but you may need to take a break and watch the rest later. And then you say, weekend update, just nope. <laughs> and then so I was like, I expecting, really I was expecting the worst weekend update. And I laughed more during the weekend update than I did during all the sketches. And I was like, 
this woman is on grumpy crack. Like, <laughs> why? You were so mad when you were watching this episode. Because it was just like collectively, and I, uh, I don't know. Um, because I have, I have like, point? I have like two and a half inches of notes just on weekend update on good shit that they said in there. Some really good lines. Um. So. Yeah, but, like, I think, well, I think what made me angry is, like, yeah, Che, I know that, like, his worst, but how many times can we tell people Trump is way worse than any of this email shit? I know, but, I mean, I liked, I liked the, the opening where Colin's like, are you excited for the election? And he's like, no. I don't know. <laughs> no, I yeah. liked it. I know. I think it was, <laughs> it was almost like I related too much to it. I, know, I was just like, I don't even want to hear it. Oh, I Shut loved up. it. And then I loved, you know. Joe's had another good line when he was talking about the Wiener emails. And he's like, a Wiener always pops up at the worst time. Yeah, that's true. This and, is then, true. And, then, and then Jay laughs at him like, your jokes are so dumb, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, but I thought Joe's had like the joke of the night, though, when they're talking, when he was giving his analogy. And he said, this is like giving up weed for a job interview and losing that job no, to that a was crackhead. That was, no, that was, that was, that was that's why I said, Jay, did I say Jost? Yeah. No, Che had that line, and yeah, that was the yeah, line yeah. of the whole weekend update. Because it is yeah, true. That yeah, is the yeah, perfect the analogy, analogy for this, for this election. For this election. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's like, come on. And then and then when he said, I did not know there was a KKK paper, and I absolutely subscribed. Yeah, I just want to see the sports <laughs> section. But, like, what sports are they going to cop? Uh, like, like slow-pitch softball? I mean. I don't know. And like, I, can I just like, say something? Like when the, I play like in an the, adult the course, league slow pitch the, the softball, there's league? not a lot of white people even playing that. So, I oh in Indiana, like no, oh. I mean, oh yeah, you know those beer leagues, like they have, yeah. like yeah, oh those are all like I play angry in co-ed, though, so maybe if it's just dudes, I don't know. Oh yeah, they're in Indiana. There's a ton of those angry white men, oh, like probably. drunk softball leagues. No, there are, yeah. And come on, we got to see Church Lady come back out. I know, I love Church Lady, but and this is like the last time. Um, like it was it like a year ago when he was on, and he actually did church chat. I love it, and I can't. Huh? He's but Dana was doing what Dana always does with Church Lady, which is like being so rude and taking the fucking piss out of whoever he's talking to. I know, but the weird thing is, I don't, I can't even explain what it is, but for, for some reason, it feels sadly and surprisingly dated. Oh. This, I, I, don't, I don't get it, and I don't know why, because it's like everything that he's saying is like relevant. Maybe it's just like, I'm nervous that the young assholes who, with no, with no respect for this show, <laughs> are, are gone. Aren't going to like they're not going to get it because they don't know the history and how important the character. You know, of the there are lady. people that are going to see this, and this is the first time they're seeing Church Lady because people really <laughs> have. I mean, I I got into a Twitter thing with somebody about a, uh, something I made. Beef. What's that? You got into a beef. I got into a beef on Twitter. No, but somebody <laughs> said. Um, I made something brownies or something and somebody on Twitter that I talked with, it was like, Oh, you know, I wish I could have those. And I was like, Hey, I'd gladly come to New York and bring you these brownies. And then, you know, go see Saturday night live. And he's like, no one in New York watches Saturday night live. It's trash. And this is, this is before this season premiered. And there's two types of people in the world. They either love Saturday night live or they hate it. And there's no in between. No, I know. Actually, I know a lot of in between people or who like, oh, it hasn't been good in such and such. Right. I was like, I'm like, you know what? When you loved it, 
There were people saying the exact same exactly. thing about it. That's the thing about Saturday Night Live is you have to keep on it. You can't. You have to you can't watch give it. Up. No, you can't, you can't give, up. give up. Never give up. Never let go, Jack. Never let go. <laughs> um, and then what was the last thing? Um, oh, and then oh, of course, uh, and then of course, Bill Murray comes out with the Cubbies again to sing I "Hey Chicago." Wait. Yeah, which was, was great. Yeah. I was kind of hoping he would be in character as Nick the Lounge Singer. That would have been so great if they had done a different song and he had done like a, a rendition on his Star Wars I, song. That, yeah, like he, but like, like a, he, a riff on different like that would like, great. Make and do a medley of songs and make them baseball themed. But I love that they just did the Hey Chicago. Oh song yeah, and because I, I said I was, to my I said to my mom, how many years have people in Chicago been singing this song <laughs> until mm-hmm. it finally came true? I know, and I'm so I happy. I, let me say this. The people who gathered in Chicago to celebrate the Cubs win for the parade and everything else. It was the seventh largest gathering of humans in human history. No way. Yes. In modern, well, in modern human history. In modern human history, it's the seventh largest gathering ever of human beings for a single event in human history. And I, you know what? If I could have flown to Chicago and jumped up and down with all those people, I, I would have done it too. I because should've. I was excited I about that game. Should've it was one gone. of the best baseball games I've ever seen. And I'm not, I'm not from Chicago. I'm a San Francisco Giants fan. I so know. And my that's team fucking my lost was, to the Cubs my mom and I was like, still well, happy did, about it. I know. I was like, well, I... When did Nora become such a Cubs fan? I was like, Nora loves baseball, and <laughs> after they beat the Giants, she really wanted them to win. Well, last year, and- I last year I bought my Cubs hat, and I was rooting mm-hmm. for the Cubs um, when I knew my Giants were out because I have a lot of friends from Chicago. So I said, mm-hmm. I'm gonna give you my sports mojo, and I want you guys to win. And of course, they they came real close last year, but they didn't get there. And then this year. When it was an even year, of course, I was like, okay, it's Giants time. And, you know, they weren't going to be in the playoffs. And then they won the last five games and they went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, That's fuck yeah, my Giants are going to do it. And then I forgot. I literally erased from my mind that the Giants and the Cubs are in the same fucking league. Yeah. And I, and then when that game came, I was like, oh, fuck. And I was like, you know what? The Cubs are going to win. But I'm still going to root for my Giants. And I got real sad. And, like, immediately when the Cubs were going to the World Series, my friend Tracy hits me up on uh, messages me isn't this so great i was like too soon like you have to wait. you gotta get <laughs> i know you do have to wait to, you gotta, like she's like i'm sorry i'm sorry that was rude and then and then we talked about it the next day i was like you gotta give me like five minutes to <laughs> grieve for my giants okay like i'm not I, I was ready to throw your fucking cubs hat in the garbage disposal i'm just telling you that but i put my cubs hat on I rooted for them when they were three games down, it's you know, two games down sports. It's it was great sports. it was great it's sports great- it reminded me of 2004 where in the beginning of the baseball season, I uh-huh. went, you know what? Boston's going to do it this year. And I it's bought a Boston awesome. Red Sox hat. And I was like, they're going to do it this year. And I wore my little Red Sox hat everywhere. And people thought I was an idiot. And then, of course, they ended up sweeping in the World Series. And I'm, I'm just happy to see these curses broken overall. Exactly. Because I don't like to see well, any one fandom it, it, not win. I mean, the, when the Giants won for the first time, it was like since... The fucking 60s, they hadn't won. It was 40 years oh, oh, they hadn't won anything. Oh, I know, 108 no, years, that's a long time. But I'm just saying, you know, it was huge for my mom and her best friend who grew up in San Francisco and grew up, you know, loving the Giants. Actually, he grew up in New York and he, you know, his his mom became mm-hmm. a Dodger fan because she was for the Brooklyn Dodgers before they moved. And she was in love with Jackie Robinson. Like, she, that was just... Her well, and that that Robinson. gives you some context about like the last time the Cubs went to the World Series mm-hmm. was pre Jackie Robinson. Exactly. 
I mean, it's a long, I just, I loved all the stories of families who have been waiting for this. I mean, there was one guy who, who he was, sat at his grave. Oh, he like, sat with dad. his dad at the grave. There's that guy. But there was another guy who he was like the youngest of three brothers or something. And, um, he was like two or something. And, uh, they told him, oh, you're too young to come to this game. We'll take you to the next one. And his fucking brother took him. He and his brother went and they're like a hundred years old and shit. And they went to the game, you know, and the fact that Bill Murray had rando fans sitting with him. Oh, that he just, he like, he, he yeah, had from Indiana. Yeah. He, from Indiana. She was from Indiana. Yeah. Um, so I just, I but... loved everything about it. I just thought it was so great. And yes, the Indians also haven't won for a long time. And well, now they can be, be the victims. But let me say this, Cleveland, this is your opportunity to show tons of class and fucking get rid of Chief rid Wahoo. Of that. Oh my get God. Get rid of Chief Wahoo, Chief Wahoo. And change the name. Change I, the name. And you guys, I, I tell you right now, you want to win a championship? I'm just throwing this prediction out the there. Change of, your name. Call it the curse of Wahoo. It's the curse of Wahoo. Change the name. All of you racist teams out there, I'm calling out the Braves. I'm calling out the Blackhawks. I'm calling out the Redskins. Uh, get Brave. rid of I would it. say the Braves is the least problem. They but got they, rid of the, but they, they did a they, Tomahawk they get rid of chop. The, and they well, do the fucking they, they do it a lot less than they did when I was growing up. Let me just say, they brought it it's back. It's still bad. Time. It's still wrong. It's terrible. All of these teams need to redo it. A Native American artist just redid the Blackhawks logo as an actual bird. And it is fucking stunning. Really? Oh, yeah. And they should, they should adopt Well, I that. hate, you know what? I hate the Blackhawks anyway. I know. I'm just so, saying. I'm just saying I'm in a, general. I'm, I'm a Red Wings fan. So. There's no, well, of course you are. There's no reason in today's day and age to have a nationality be a mascot. Mm-hmm. And that time is just over. Yeah, so, you know what? If move an on. NBA team has to be the fucking Pelicans, suck it up. Mm-hmm. I know. What an NBA team is the Thunder. I mean, they're not even the Lightning. They're the Thunder, okay? <laughs> like, you know, you you can do it. You can do it. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Moving on from race okay. problems in America and baseball. Now, let me well, say this plus, after plus, right plus, after this an ad came on my TV. It was an animated ad and it said the Clintons, but it looked like a play on the Simpsons. So I paused it because I had to do something real quick. And I was like, oh, they're doing an animated short. This should be funny. And I turn it back on and it was an actual ad attacking Hillary. And I was like, oh my God, I thought this was like a funny thing. This was a real ad. And I was like, because I even wrote it on my notes, the Clintons animated short. And then I had to cross it out and I was like, oh God. And my kids watch it and they're like, that's not funny. <laughs> exactly. And, and I was like, like, no, no this you is realize, terrible. You realize babies. you're defending an actual cartoon. No, it's awful. Like, like, like your candidate is a cartoon. Yeah. And not even a funny one. It's no. like one of those weird, remember those weird uh, fucked up like cartoons that MTV used to do late at night? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what Donald Trump is. Yeah, basically. So the next sketch is actually the Bobby Flay Steakhouse. Now, let me just say this. This is a completely missed... Oh, by the way, speaking of Bobby Flay, where was Bobby Moynihan this entire episode? Yeah, that... How did we not have Bobby Moynihan doing Bobby Flay in this episode? Well, because he normally does Guy Fieri. Um, Or, I'm sorry, Fieri. Fieri. Yeah, Guy Fieri. Yeah, that's true. But I'm just saying, we had no one do Bobby Flay in a Bobby Flay Steakhouse ad. I mean, come on. Obviously, this is one of these paid for at premium ad sketches. So, how much did Bobby Flay uh, get? Well, and this again, this is another one that felt dated because this felt like. Um, First of all, why is he doing Chris Angel? Well, it felt like Chris Angel, and remember that pickup artist guy. What um, was his name? Was his name Mystery or? I don't know. 
Remember, okay, you remember that uh, Clinton Halloween party uh, sketch uh, we talked about? Yeah, yeah. Back, back in 2007. Um, but I'm trying to Bill, think of the guy like, that you're talking Darryl about. Hammond, Bill, uh, Hammond's Bill Clinton dressed up as that guy with the oh, big and I can't remember. fucking hat. Yeah, yeah, I um, can't remember. Let me look it up is. real quick. Um, but yeah, I just see. thought this was, I thought the funniest thing came right at the beginning. Benedict's character is like, it's me, man. Don't you remember? And he's like, I don't know where I know you. He's like, we were at that male acceptance body, my male body acceptance workshop. And she's like, what? okay, yes. It's, okay. His name What's... is mystery. And okay, mystery. Uh, I'll send you a picture. He, I mean, he looks exactly like Chris Angel. Okay. But, you know, and he says, and Vanessa says to Keenan, what is that? And he said, Benedict is like, well, we had to strip naked and I had to tell him nice things about his, <laughs> about his junk. <laughs> I know, it was like a, like a male body image coach or whatever. Oh, yeah, male body acceptance workshop. Yeah. Is, I'm like, okay, that's fine. But the thing is, I would have rather seen a sketch about a male body acceptance workshop. I know, why didn't we have- see that? That would have been a great spin on like, okay, you know, and showing how dumb it is that I'm sorry, men don't really have to deal with body shaming the way women do. No, and, and they, they could have done have so many hilarious jokes. They could have done like full Austin Powers type jokes where they had the guys behind like a clear wall where just the bottom yeah, part is yeah. frosted. And then you have like, you know, shadow penises and other stuff. It could have well, been did, really funny. Yeah, they did a, a nude beach sketch back in the 80s when um, uh, Matthew Broderick hosted, I think it was. And um, they had like, it was just like, you know, like a tiki, like a bamboo board, like covering, you know, the torsos up. Right, and it was right. all about how one guy like had a really small penis. Right. And it was all about a guy having a small penis. Like, why not do a, a sketch like that about, like, a male body acceptance workshop? Like, something. And then, I mean, uh, Cecily brought it with her weird cockney. Yeah, like, and they gave her the Austin Powers teeth as well. I, like, she had, like, huge overbite yeah, teeth. Yeah, she, she was, like. She was funny. She, she was, like, a combination of, like, somebody you would see on Big Brother UK and, <laughs> uh, like, a from a gypsy traveler family. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, I thought that, but see, it wasn't enough. Again, the sketch was like, okay, here's a concept. And then they went nowhere with it. And it just was stupid. Yeah. It just was stupid. I mean, it didn't, you know, they have a gun, it's loaded. I mean, and you even know. like the original song, like I was like that, you know, you look at that, like when Cecily had her original song, Mag- Magic. Magic. Um, but I love, I love, the song was terrible, of course, <laughs> Well, but it, the, the thing is, it's like that should be gold. Like right. that should we should we should be talking about that song. We should be singing that song. And I can't remember. And I don't know why they, if they're going to do a musical thing, why didn't they bring back you know the the Keenan um, DJ uh, you know oh, Dynasty he, handbag. He, uh, <laughs> I was watching a rerun of SNL the other day. See, this is again. This is what happens when we're really disappointed in a show. Yeah, we just talk about other shows that we like better. I know. Uh, I had to watch. I did have to watch a bit of a palate cleanser after watching this. Just you know, what did for, you watch? I watched a web series that I that I fell in love with called Carmilla. It's on YouTube. Okay, I'm. It's it's like really, a supernatural fluff thing, you know, uh-huh. love story. And it, I like the episodes because they're between like five and ten minutes long. So I've just, been you know. uh, really into uh, chewing gum and. Uh, <laughs> 
now it's called love and the other one is it's called lovesick now it was called scrotal recall it's um because it's all about this guy going through his past like history like you know flashbacks to his past dating history because he finds out he has chlamydia (laughs) i know but it's actually like he's trying to figure out how he got it well no well he has to call all those people oh god to tell them he has it um but it, and it, you know, and it's the situation where he like lives with his best guy friend and best girlfriend, which you know where that's going. But it's it's really creative and sweet. And these are all shows that originated on like Channel Four or ITV sure. in the UK. And chewing gum is so so. I, you need to watch it. Okay. I just I'm not even, I'm not even gonna get where, to where can I watch it at? Where is it Netflix. at? Netflix. They're both on Netflix. on Netflix. Okay, okay, I will check. But they're only they're both seasons are only like five or six episodes. Yeah. And season two of uh, Lovesick is actually coming out uh, in two weeks. So that's nice. Carmilla's yeah. on YouTube. It's a YouTube show. Okay. And, but uh, they're doing a movie of it that's coming out next oh, year. Oh really? So, yeah. Oh well, and again, th- like I got done watching a bunch of UK comedy. Wonderful UK yeah. comedy. And this is the problem: and, and, if you're gonna do UK comedy, please be from the UK and like know what British humor is. I mean, th- Cecily did have the line, the little portion of this terrible sketch that was great when Benedict starts talking about we met. How did you guys meet? We met at the you know plastic surgeon's office. We were getting our boobs done, and he <laughs> and she's and he's like shoving Vanessa's hand into his shirt, like feel that you feel it? it's like real. And then she's like, yeah, mine oh, yeah. too. And he's like, feel hers, and like you know Vanessa's like awkwardly with her hand on Cecily's boob, and she's like, mine aren't paid for yet. I'm thinking about starting a Kickstarter. You know? <laughs> like, I, need I don't want to have to give it back. That, that actually, that's a thing. <laughs> I know. I've seen people do that, but it's just funny. That was funny, but it was like I know. It was so like, focus so on that, like funny in beard. between the flat. You know what I mean? Make Gemma, make Gemma like a character. Yeah. Like I see that being a recurring character. She was great. But, like, Cecily's great. She brought it, but, but it just but again, wasn't it was like it, it, these ideas all felt half baked. I know. And the but, next oh, sketch is even worse. This is my but, least oh, but favorite what I was sketch. Tell you real quick, I watched. Um, Deep House Dish during there was uh, it was on my DVR because it was oh, on Deep House Dish yes yes and I was just like God this sketch was so <laughs> oh we Tierra you are so <laughs> oh we you are so boring it was just you are so boring they gotta bring that back they gotta bring I, it back I love how much that bothers him it's like of everything that could bother you about something it's that, <laughs> that he's she's boring. boring. <laughs> And he's so mad that she's so boring. Oh, and the oh, way we. he des- and the way he describes her as being boring is just oh, I I'm, I love that. Sketch. And I told I you, I so told much. you as as long as we're on Keen, I told you last night my boys watched Good Burger. Landon yes. had watched it at school in his movie club over the last week, and he loved it so much he was like begging me to put it on so that Nick could watch it. And Nick was like, well, what if I don't like it? What if, what if it's oh, not good? And and I was like, Nick, it's just his favorite watch. Right and he was like, I loved it. I'm like, of course you loved it because it's hilarious and Keenan. crazy. Okay, and then we need to find Keenan and Kel for them to watch. Yeah, because yeah, for sure. They, for sure. They, need, they need to hear, like, Kel's ode to orange soda, which is, like, my favorite oh my thing God. ever. And then you <laughs> know what they followed up that movie with? I had them watch Bring It On. I was like, you guys will like, you'll like the music because Lana was dancing the whole time. They were, they loved them. Bring It On is a fun hey, movie. Hey, Solange was really good, and I think it was the second one. 
Oh, Bring It On Again or whatever. She was really good. In I didn't that. see that. I didn't she's see that one. Act- she's actually a better actress than Beyonce. Just saying. Whoa. Sorry, guys. Whoa! Somebody's throwing down. I'm, Somebody's I'm throwing shade at like Queen the, Bay. The I'm not talking about in terms of like the art and the music videos. Although Solange is really good there too. But in even terms like, of like, you know, like Beyonce is Foxy Cleopatra. Yeah, I, I think Solange <laughs> would have made it better, Foxy. Oh. Yeah, watch Bring It On too, and Hayden Panettiere's in it too. Oh yeah, okay. I'll have to watch. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, well, because she actually ha- gets forced to go to like an inner city school, so it's like a combination of like Bring It On and Save the Last Dance. Bring It On is totally ridiculous. The next movie I want them to watch just because it's one of my favorite comedies of all time. And if you have not watched this movie, you have to watch it immediately. Get over it. I've actually never seen it. Oh, my, what? I- I, okay, our I friendship is in full question, everyone. Right this uh, minute, because when I was immature and in my like tabloid Perez Hilton phase in like my mid twenties, uh-huh. like my friends and I hated Kirsten Dunst so much because <laughs> because Jake Gyllenhaal was her boyfriend. Oh my god, that is so petty. <laughs> that is terrible. Well, I just I I kind of had gotten tired of her as an actress, but. Let let I love say, her again. She's, no, she's so good, good again. in this movie. And Martin and Short, let me just say, Martin Short in this movie as the drama teacher is one of the all-time best characters he's ever done. Really? Ever. I'm t- that's, yes. That's I have a, seen this movie so many order. times. And my mom has even watched it multiple times. And she does not watch a lot of movies multiple times. And this is one of those movies that immediately, as soon as you're done watching it, you can watch it again. That's a tall order. It's. I'm telling you right now, sit down. You're, you and your mom need a laugh. You guys need a laugh. I know. I know. Sit down with your mom. Watch this it's, movie. It's that it's, funny. It's up there with, for me, and this is a requirement for friendship. Or I, I even, like, okay. before Cameron and I got married, I was like, you have to see this movie. And if you don't I, like no, it, the, the deal like may that. be off. Have, Not this I movie, have, but okay. my other movie that is, is like, way up there, of course, is So I Married an Axe Murderer. <gasps> yes! Right. I, I mean, I just, I yeah, I can, like, quote half of yeah. that. Because like, if you don't like that movie, I'm sorry. We cannot be. What friends. is wrong with you? Yeah. And the soundtrack is so good. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my you know, God. There's, cer- there's certain movies that are goofy and iconic at the same time. That like, and Get like... Over It is one of those movies, but it was so underrated and it's so underground. People don't know about it. So I'm just saying. I'm no, pushing I know it out about there. it. I just didn't know. I didn't ben even know. Ben Foster is so good it. in this movie. Everybody's good in this movie. Okay. Isn't well, good? yeah. Ben Foster. Ugh. Call, yeah, somebody put a somebody put up a billboard that says Ben Foster, call me. Yeah, I hope so. <sighs> don't get sucked into the Scientology vortex, Ben. Don't yeah, do don't it. let Michael Pena tell you it's great. Just, just stick not... with the other cult you're already in, Transcendental Meditation. So, oh, he's in that too. Oh, yeah, he's huge into Transcendental Meditation. I heard that's like that. Can it's a really cult. It's already a cult. Fuck you up. Yeah, it's. Let me just say this: any group that tells you they have a secret to the universe and you're not allowed to share with people. That's a cult, everyone. That's what the definition of a cult is. Well, I, I heard about what like, they're telling you, whether it's, but I a, heard... you know, a Tony Robbins thing and they're, you know, here's the secret mantra of life. That's bullshit. If, if it's really going to help all of life, put it out there. You know what I well, mean? but it sounds like that there is like there are like instructors for transcendental meditation who handle it responsibly and don't treat it like a cult and say, no, you're not ready for it yet. You're you like, I, I, cause I've heard people talk about it and say that they like were trying to get into it. And like their, their instructor actually said, uh, you got to work your way. Like not even like money wise. They were like, you're not ready yet. 
Yeah, I'm just saying from just being a cult escape. Oh, myself, yeah. But, oh, it's, say it's, it's, it's to, like yoga is a cult. Yeah, to everyone, sense. the listeners out there, if you're ever in a situation where I don't care who it is, a person in authority, a celebrity, whatever, is telling you that there is some secret that you to can only – to anything – and that you can only know it by, you know, giving money, getting to a certain level of awareness, whatever bullshit. Just walk away. It's bullshit. It's going to steal your mind and or your money. Okay? So just keep moving. Because every truth that you can know about the universe and yourself is available for free. Okay? Mm-hmm. And it's called just looking and listening and seeing things for yourself. It's like so. it's like they didn't know what it's like <laughs> This uh, Kid Fury on the Read podcast always says, girl, there is this thing called Google. Yeah. She's wonderful. <laughs> She's free. Yeah. So don't, don't you know, and, and people who use Transcendental Meditation and they get benefits from it, good for you. This is America. You're allowed to get benefits from whatever you want. Okay. But as long as you're not enslaving other people or stealing their money or, you know, anything else, have at it. But, you know. Yep. How about don't you? don't take my tax dollars for it. Do what you like, <laughs> you know. But right. don't take my but don't take my word for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So the next sketch was so bad. This <sighs> this bomb sketch. I mean, this is like a play on the last Die Hard. You know where Bruce Willis is wearing uh, the combined with like board. a. I mean, it's like it was so terrible, and like Benedict Cumberbatch is the bad guy, it and feels, this is this is all like we can a... see Kyle Mooney in with this terrible wig on. Why did he even have the wig on? It's. It feels like a spec script for Austin Powers Four. Yeah, it was awful. It was awful. I mean, it was just stupid. I'm like, there's no point to this sketch, and then it's just left with Beck Bennett screaming, "But I, I played the game right." You know, like, uh, we don't care. Just it's it, a one note sketch, yeah. and I, I felt when it first I felt started. Cam- my husband thought they were doing a MacGruber sketch, and I'm like, they can't do MacGruber because you don't have MacGruber to do MacGruber. There's oh, no Will the Forte. Way, <laughs> by the way, I've realized that there are some things about Mikey Day that it, it, he reminds me almost like if Will Forte had a quieter little brother. <laughs> and, little in bit. the best way. A little bit. A little bit. But this sketch was just terrible. I mean, this thing should have never gone to air. This is just stupid. It's not. It's half. Well, it's not even half baked. This is still in the wait. mixing bowl. It hasn't even gone into the oven to get I baked. I cannot yet. wait to see what we're gonna. What awesome sketch was cut for time? Yeah, because you know there is. Like, There's something that was I, actually. No, decent. I want to know who who's making it. I mean, is it? Does it ultimately come down to Lauren? Lauren or girl? Are you okay? I don't know. I think he may be getting senile. I'm getting worried. Okay, I then, don't know, then Solange like, comes out again. Don't touch my hair. And I lasted maybe 15, 20 seconds. I can't, the thing about it for me, and this is just, this is a musical thing. I'm just going to say this. When I see someone performing, I don't care who it is, and the and the song is so somber, and it's like it's such a slow beat, and it's very serious. So I am just bored. She, so she was the black Lana Del Rey for you. Basically. I No, thank you. And it's not even that she's black. It, I, no, it just, no, no, no! I'm just, just I'm it, making I a comparison yeah. in terms of like the energy and the way right. it came I off. Don't, to you. I don't like that. I don't enjoy that from a singer. I enjoy. I, I listen. I enjoy plenty of melancholy songs when I'm in that mood, like the rose. Oh, I, you know I, what I, mean? I know, and there are I iconic melancholy that. songs that I can oh. listen to. But there's some specific people, like for example, Joni Mitchell. Okay, as an mm-hmm. example, who's like the queen of melancholy shit. She, I can do like half of one of her songs, and then I'm over it. 
because it's too much. You know what well, I mean? I, that, and this is what like, I felt like uh, with this song. It's too much. I'm just like, oh. Well, I, I get that because I used to be like the biggest Damien Rice fan in the world in right. my 20s. And I went to, I've seen him in concert like three but times. But it's too much. All my other, like, I can't, I can't go back there. I can't listen to him anymore because it's like, it takes me back. I, I'm like, <laughs> okay, I'm in a lot better headspace now. Right. But... But it's but like the it's same like, way I feel about it's not like, about talent in this particular song. It's like it's the same way I feel about Nora Jones. There's an incredibly talented songwriter okay, and singer. Yeah, no, no, and no, she's that makes so boring. Sweet. I I if I went if I paid it's money to go to her concert, there better be a cot for me to take a fucking nap in because I'm gonna be asleep <laughs> by the second song. I think part I think I was a little bit I, I I'm biased because I was just so excited to see her and yes. see that album get that kind of platform. But and also, you know, <clears throat> uh, the Knoll sisters have really been causing a lot of uh, glorious white tears for the past week. <laughs> and I kind of love that. I know. I, I'm i um, not hating on Solange well, you know, as a no, no, person. No. I just, well, I don't enjoy her music. No, I know. I know. And no, and the thing is, like, even, like, no matter what race, whatever, like, her music is, like, a very specific kind of genre. It doesn't have a broad, it doesn't have the same kind of broad appeal, but I appreciate that they put that, they allowed, you know, they, they, they but let's, took a let's chance. be honest. Let's be honest. If she was not Beyonce's sister, she would not have gotten on SNL with that bullshit. I'm sorry. The, no, but the album is, the album is legitimately like, is it all Debbie excellent. Downer shit? I mean, this no, is like, it's, but it, but it, it, it like tells a story and okay. it's very, no, I'm gonna, it's, it's I'm a, gonna take it's your weird, word for like, that because I'm not gonna give Solange. A well, and the money. thing is, the thing is, it's not really for us. No, it's know, not for me because of, I don't enjoy it. No, no, no. I mean, I'm talking about it's talking about a very specific like experience. Sure. Speaking to a specific experience. Um, no, but, I'm not a young black woman, so I cannot relate to half of what she's saying. Right, in this. Right. I didn't grow up and, as a young black person. And so, sometimes, you know. and sometimes I do like, I, and I, do, I, do and that's fine. But let me like, just say uh, Alicia Keys's new album. Here's uh, somebody, here's somebody who's not for me. pushing boundaries and I love it, but also her music. Here's the difference is that both of these women are talking about the struggles of the black woman from two completely different viewpoints. And I feel like Solange and I'm just going to say this. I'm sorry. You're you are. It's like you're talking down to the people that you're trying to relate to. And Alicia is pumping up the people that she's relating to. And that's the difference for me between the tonality and the message of the music. And I think both of them are addressing the serious issues, but coming at it from two totally different viewpoints. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, and I, uh, I'm just in love with Leisha Keys, period. So I, yeah, it's the, I, so she, I'm totally biased. And no, and we, and we, we, we come, we come at this from two different perspectives <laughs> as white women, because you love Alicia Keys. I love her. She bugs the hell out of me. <laughs> oh, I love her so much. Um, I want to see her in everything on stage, screen, on the radio, just, everywhere. It's small doses for me. And I love Solange. I love how see? weird she She's like, if like, she tries to, she's quirky without being like twee. You can be quirky without being okay. like. Okay, I'll she's give her like, that. She's what hipsters want to be, but can't pull off to me. Um, right. I don't know. I just, I, and I Why like her. Why don't you like Alicia Keys? How is that even possible? I, uh... <laughs> How is that? A, how is that? A, like an that's actual a, that, you know, that's like another Alicia comfort. Keys? That's another. <laughs> how does that? How does it happen? So, that's not, like, I, not liking sunshine. I don't. I, 
I don't I'm like so, air. I, I'm not going to breathe it anymore. That's basically <laughs> what you're telling me. I don't breathe no, air anymore. I, I'm on a oh diet from air. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit. Don't you, worry. Okay, no. Like, <laughs> are, are, instead of the beehive, are you like the key master? The I, keys master? Yes. Uh, listen, I enjoy some of Beyonce's songs. I think she brought it in Lemonade. I love the artwork that she's doing with her video production right now. Um, in terms of like the cinematography and the visuals that she's doing along with the uh, audio message in her music. But I don't like all of her music. I've never, well, I've never I, been, but I've never no, been like a that. beehive stomper kind of person. And I also will say there's plenty of Alicia Keys songs that I do not like. There's, you know, there's on her last album, there was like two songs I liked on the whole album. And those mm-hmm. were the two you heard on the radio. And I tried to listen to all the other ones for years. I'd be the person like when iTunes first came out, instead of just picking the specific songs I wanted off an album, like mm-hmm. a, like a intelligent human, I would download entire albums of songs Mm -hmm. and I would end up you know listening to the album like at least three times the whole album Mm -hmm. and then making a decision you know like okay maybe I like three songs out of these 12 songs and now I just wasted money on you know (laughs) on nine songs that I'm never gonna listen to again if there's an artist that I support enough I I will yeah I mean, like, if Kelly, when Kelly Clarkson comes out with a new album, I download the whole thing immediately because I, mean, I love him. They're just disrespecting me all over the place today. <laughs> that is how I, but that's how I feel about stuff like Frank Ocean and like yeah. maybe like the I Chemical like Brothers. Frank Ocean as a human, and then I listen to his music, and it's either like I love it or oh my god, please don't. Be but on I my think radio that's intentional. Times. That's intentional. Probably, probably. I mean, there's there's certain artists where, you know it's a it's a total miss for me and i just don't care for that oh and i totally understand that you know what i mean no yeah but i'm just just explaining like why i like and appreciate her and why i I might have some blinders on for this performance and but and some of the i forgive you no some of the ignorant comments on twitter were like oh um, you're going to sing a song about not touching your hair. Maybe you should tell your sister to stop wearing ours. From what? a Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, can I just say something? Having grown up um, in San Francisco uh, for a chunk of my life, in the, in the morning when I went to school in the Marina District, everyone was Asian except for me and my sister and like mm-hmm. one other white kid and one Mexican kid. And after school, I went to the Buchanan Street YMCA in the Fillmore district where every person, every kid who went to that YMCA was black except for me and my sister. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I know what it's like to be the talked about cracker and the minority who's getting their hair hated on. And I remember convincing myself after, you know, being surrounded by black people that I wanted to be like my friends. And I tried to ask my mom to get a Jerry curl and I was totally serious. (laughs) I was a hundred percent serious. But I wanted this Jerry curl. You wanted, you wanted my your hair. soul. Glow. I wanted my soul glow. Yes, I had. Oh, oh just... man, I wanted it so bad. I'm telling you right now. And she had to like sit me down, like, sweetie, oh. we are white. <laughs> your hair won't do that. And I was like, Psh, you don't know me. Just take me oh to go God. get what her did. You know, like, I mean, yeah, okay. so what had happened? What had happened was, mom. What had happened was. I'm just telling you right now, like I was thoroughly that's convinced so that I was a black cute. person. Oh, I was thoroughly so convinced. 
And then we moved to Sonoma where there was like a black kid and a Asian kid and like a couple Mexican kids. And I was like, what happened? Like, where did all these white people come from? You need to listen to or read Issa Rae's Awkward Black Girl. You, the. Oh, I I would love it, I'm sure. No, oh my God. And she talks (laughs) about like, and it was like from the opposite perspective. Yeah. Where she was out in Maryland and almost all her friends were white, Asian Sure. And like, and then she moved to, uh, they lived in a nicer house, but she moved to like, uh, right on near Compton because mm. her dad was setting up a clinic there and all she, and then she, she realized like, not only am I black, but all of a sudden I'm not black. Right. Because, she wasn't like, black enough. That's not, you want, it's interesting. Want it's interesting. I mean, girl. Olivia Munn covers that really well. Not the black perspective, obviously, but the Asian perspective of the same uh-huh. thing in her book. Uh, growing up in Oklahoma, you know, and she was like, I mean, it's, I love her book so much. It's so good. And I will get that book. I will read it. Well, that was like when I moved to uh, my small town and, uh, you know, I moved to it when I was 11 and, you know, it's two stoplight small town in Indiana. (laughs) And to us, a small town was a town with a hundred thousand people in it. Right. Um, before that. And I, I went to school, I went, you know, I had gone to school with different religions, even in Catholic school, I'd gone to school with different religions. Um, but and different ethnicities. And then I go to all white where we don't even get Martin, we did not even get Martin Luther King. Actually, I still don't think they do. They don't get Martin Luther King day off. That's ridiculous. They don't celebrate Black History Month. Wow. They don't acknowledge it. And I mentioned at one point that like, oh, well, you know, back in the 70s and 80s, my mom was a member of the NAACP. And they said, oh, so your dad liked to date, or so your mom liked to date black guys. Was that, see that, see, this exactly. is where, this is where the stupidity of America comes in, where you have to somehow want to have sex with a particular ethnic group to have respect well, and, for and it. And you're reducing them to, Well, like, you're reducing someone to sex, essentially. Like, yeah, to these like animalistic sex objects instead of yeah. actual people who you feel like they're like us, so they deserve the same. Like, I mean, here's the have... deal. Here's the secret, guys. We're all humans. There actually is, according to science, according to Bill Nye in science, the race construct on our planet is false. There is actually no such thing as race. We are all human beings. There's nothing that divides uh, a black person from a white person. Well, hum- yeah, humanity did it's, that. It's, not it's called melanin in our skin comes from the origin area of our genetic line. And that's it. Well, yeah, but that's there are people who feel like certain areas of the world had superior genetic. Uh, no, and I understand that. And they have these crazy ideas and whatever, but the truth of the matter is we're all humans. We're one race as, as they say in Italy, when they're asked about, you know, being so similar to Greece with the gods and all this stuff, they have a saying in Italy, uno falcia, uno raucia, which means one face, one race. And we're all the it's same. Just weird. They're kind of super racist over there. Well, the you know, yeah, they had Mussolini, you know. They got well, I mean, still, even still, like, they do some really, like, shitty racist things over there. You but know, anyways. Um, moving on but from yeah. racism. There's one more, there's one more sketch we got to talk about after Solange, the last sketch, That's which is the Mr. Shaw sketch, which, I, again, this is not a 10 to 1 sketch. This is like a. It should have been. This, this was so stupid. so desperate to put an eagle on a mannequin body like who was so fucking stoned they thought this was a good idea i want to know 
and what like who's your dealer because you need a new one yeah and let me just say this the only funny line in the whole sketch was uh you know Keenan and Mikey are freaking out like this is so st- or Beck sorry and they're like this is this is wrong we, we don't want to talk about oh really um the Dalai Lama didn't have a problem hanging out with uh Mr. Shaw and here he is with Nelson Mandela and Howie Mandela <laughs> and I thought that was funny I, I said and if it, they had done like but the thing is it takes more than what like I know I'm just saying when you have yeah, one I, funny I know, line in the whole sketch it's stupid I know I feel, I feel like it started out by and a lot of it's not from being stoned a lot of it's from sleep deprivation and trying to write I'm sure like, through the night, and it just seems like somebody was like cracked out, like from sleep deprivation in a writer's room, and suddenly went, <laughs> "Howie Mandela," yeah. and they were like, "Cool, <laughs> okay, how can we make a sketch where we can get that in there?" And that, that was I, the it only feels funny like line. Built yeah. around. I think that. you know what happened. Someone, Bullshit. someone was fucked up in the middle of the night, and they stuck that eagle head on the mannequin, and they were running around the office talking to or in everyone the as this, the wardrobe department. Yeah, and they were running around the office, going door to door, talking to them as this Mr. Shaw. Like, and, dude, and, they said, and, and that like, was funny. Leave me the fuck alone. And they were like, "Well, yeah. Nelson Mandela and um, how Howie Mandela. Mandela didn't say leave us the fuck alone." <laughs> I just it was. Again, not even half baked. I mean, we were, they didn't even get all the ingredients in the bowl for this one. I mean, this was terrible. And then that's the end. And the Cubs are there to yeah, say goodnight. Yeah, I know and... how he wanted to eat salmon rusty. Okay, I know, no. like, oh, that's one salmon you can't it's, eat. It's stoner and like. It's so juvenile. It's no, just no, too it's, juvenile. no, but it's like stoner and elitist at the same time. It's like, it's. Yeah, how many, how many kids know who salmon, salmon, salmon. rusty is? Salmon Rushdie. No, salmon, salmon. Yeah, Salmon Rushdie. Yeah. He thought it was Salmon Rushdie yeah. instead of Salmon Rushdie. I know. And it's like, how many people even know who Salmon Rushdie is? Raise your I, hand out there if you know who Salmon Rushdie is. Or you Googled it upon watching this sketch. Yeah, without Googling. <laughs> without Google. Do you know who he is or not? <laughs> and actually, like, tweet us who you think he is. Yeah, please. It's just, so, you know, yeah, it was, it was so- sad. I mean, I was sad because, first of all, Benedict Cumberbatch is an international treasure, okay? And we all acknowledge that. He's the, inter- he's the internet's boyfriend. He is the okay. internet's boyfriend. And I think that was the problem for him, is I think they just babied him. And we've seen other episodes like this, where you get someone who's so precious, but or they, they just yeah. freak out, and you can't, they, they, the writers can't get out of their own way to write an episode that's just funny and just go for the laughs. I wonder if he wasn't as available because he was because of the timing of the episode because Probably. he was still doing Doctor Strange. I don't know stuff. who scheduled him for this week. I mean that was stupid. Yeah. Why would you schedule him the week his movie's premiering? Like that's just dumb. I don't know. I mean I, I get it. I, I mean I guess for whatever reason the studio thought would, they needed more worked. promo for Doctor Strange, well, which by the way worked is dominating the box office. It would have worked twenty years ago because that was before like the well, they press didn't do machine pressers had, the way they do it like now. all like twenty four seven and you didn't yeah. have to do like the internet pressers too and everything. Um, oh, the way they do pressers now and the junkets. I mean, where these guys just sit yeah. in a hotel room for two days straight, getting the same questions asked of them by fifty different reporters from all around the world. I mean, my hat's off to actors who sit in a hotel room all day and all day get asked the same, same question. And they have to smile. And, and they have, have to smile to and smile give the same and answer over and, and over and over. And make yeah. it sound like it's not the first time you've given it. Like, 
I know people like, yeah, you got all that money. Okay. All that money includes doing all this. And the thing is you had, then you had to go and do it in other countries and had to do it with a translator. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, (laughs) I know. I just think, I think that they were just too, honestly, I think they were just too freaked out. They should have treated him like they treated Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. And just gone for it. Just yeah. for it. And, you know, and, I mean, the, and the sad thing is, is you didn't get to see Benedict Cumberbatch show off any of his humor. And I think he's funny. You know, they didn't they do what they did with Hugh Lloyd. Did. You know, yeah, when he did, like the fraction of a second he got to, uh, he especially in the, the weekend at um, Bernice sketch, yes. uh, stripper party. Uh, yeah, you know, he was good. And I love how I think... both of them looked like, uh, you know, Patrick Swayze from Roadhouse for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I think it was also um, the same thing, like, with Emily Blunt, although Emily Blunt... They gave actually, her way more stuff to be funny. But Emily Blunt more. actually lives in New York, so I think... But it's not that. Maybe, they just gave her more material. She had ample opportunities to be goofy and funny. Like, yeah, but it also seems like, you know, sometimes they didn't know what to do with her. I know, but see, they could have done... Let me just say, they could have recycled an Emily Blunt sketch and done another British break-off... And had him do like a total cockney crazy person with Cecily and just brought back the Cecily character. Oh, no, character. he could have played a dandy. He could have played yeah. a dandy. And he could have played oh. up his posh dandy yeah. image. And that could have been fantastic, but they didn't and, do and, it. And Cecily could have like said that like, you know, <laughs> like Emily Blunt's character was like killed in the Big Brother house or something. Something. I mean, it would have been. And Cecily could have been there on her own doing it. I mean, they could have done something like that and it would have been funny and I would not mind having a recurring British Bake Off sketch where you have have Cecily brings back that character because that's fantastic for me. Or just having her like reoccur on various contestant type shows where she just uh, like Amber on um, Amy Poehler's Amber. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like I got one leg and I'm horny. (laughs) Yeah, I farted. Jealous. Jealous. When they did that, Brett Michaels looking for love, <laughs> <laughs> or The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But I'm oh, just saying, no. it, this this week to me I was know. lazy writing. Lazy writing. Yeah. I- Benedict Cumberbatch became like the other sister. Um, like <laughs> he kind of everybody forgot about him once they found out Dave Chappelle was hosting. I think and so, and that's sad. Now they're hosting all their good material. I guess. And they, let me just or say this: they're too busy. They're too busy thinking about what they could do with him. Yeah. Well, let me just say this actually, about that: if you don't fucking bring it when Dave Chappelle's hosting, then or, uh, then it's over. Got- just cancel it. If you can't, and I, do you think we're going to see any of Dave's characters? Are we going to see some Rick James? I don't know. Are we going to see? No, but no, we're not going to see Rick James. Uh, Are we going to see the crackhead? Uh, Tyrone Biggums. Yeah. Oh God, that's a dream. But uh, you got you got any more of that but, Obama? <laughs> but but I don't. I, no, you know what? It can be Alec Baldwin going into the the inner cities with the African Americans and meeting an African American who has nothing to lose. Oh, what if Tyrone Biggums? See, now this would have been great if Dave Chappelle had hosted this week. It's let me just say, have an African American with nothing to lose. We have him speak. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, I just, I just think, you know, I because, because we have the same dealer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't know if that's intellectual property though. I don't know either. I have no idea. Yeah, the, the, I don't I know. Mean, comedy neither Central, of us are lawyers. Uh, full disclaimer. So. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I think comedy central might own those. Probably. 
But anyway, um, I just I'm looking you know forward they to what could. they do. I don't I don't think they own the Charlie Murphy's Two Hollywood Stories. Oh, now that shit's gold. So they could do that. That could be good. There is a possibility. Um, they could tell a story about like Charlie and Eddie after at an after party of SNL. Maybe we'll see. We're gonna have to. I mean, we're gonna have to wait. Oh and see. man, what if Eddie Murphy made a cameo? Oh, and he's try. Actually, he's trying to raise his profile because apparently Mr. Church is getting more attention. Oh, um, with its DVD release, and so they have um resuscitated the possibility of campaigning for uh, best supporting actor for him. Okay, well. Listen, so I'm all for Eddie Murphy reason. showing that's up reason. on this SNL stage anytime. So I, I'm for it. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a wild card. I'll be honest. Uh, a bit. It's, it's a he, bit they, of they, a wild they, card. They booked the wild card. Yeah, this is going to be a wild, wild card episode. It's either going to be the greatest shit we've ever seen, or this is like the last episode of SNL that's ever going to air. I, well, I will say when I saw him, and there was actually, um, when I saw him at Oddball, that was like his first time back out on a national level yeah. touring. Um, and it was, people weren't even sure if he was going to show up because of what happened to him in Connecticut when that right. audience was total. They were like, the it was like a collection of the worst millennial frat boy dickhead. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I would have been pissed as, like, having to share an audience with these people. It was, like, his first performance really back after that, and he was amazing. He actually stretched, he extended his set because he was having such a good time. Wow. Yeah. And he said, and he, he brought it up a little bit, talked about what he had dealt with. And it was, it was, like, it was, like, everybody was silent and happy, and there was, like, this vibe that everybody was just like, it was like this vibe of support. And everybody was just like, Aw. they're here. And I mean, this was like a huge, you know, amphitheater, outdoor amphitheater. Right. And, um, and he even like thanked us afterwards. He's like, I'm going back into the city after, you know, was in Chicago, you know, outside of Chicago. He's like, I'm going back into the city. I'll be out. If you happen to see me, please come up to me because you guys have reminded me that I made the right choice to keep doing this. So so okay, well, I hope I hope it goes over well. I mean, I did see Dave Chappelle in real life one time. He was skateboarding at the Grove. He literally was like skateboarding awesome. around the Grove, and I just saw him, and I wanted so bad to go up to him, but I didn't. I just was like, nah, I'm I just gonna let him skateboard people, and, and like, you know, hang out. He, like lives. He lives in Ohio. Oh, okay. Lives on a farm in Ohio. That's actually where he that he that's actually where he cast his ballot. Okay, well, let's hope it but was not. It was Trump. No, it wasn't. But, <laughs> I know. But yeah. he does. But yeah. I'm but, um, I know. I mean, he said I would, very I went, clearly. I went to college with people who said they would see him like at the gas station in their hometown. Um, there because you go. Because he, he does. He lives in. He's low key living in this farm in Ohio, and hey. people just kind of like say hey and let him be, and that's why he lives out there. Yeah. Anyways, um. Also, we have a David Pumpkins update. Oh, David Pumpkins update. Let's. What's that? Um. Uh. What I told you. Courtesy of the Not Ready for Primetime podcast, uh, Uproxx editor uh, Mike Ryan mentioned uh, Streeter Seidel confirmed on Twitter what uh, the S stands for. Oh, what is it? Uh, Simon. Oh, no. It's- and I said, I was like, okay, so does that mean that, like, D- 
David Pumpkins likes to do drawings. He's Hello, David, my name is Simon, and I like to I, do drawings. I, I'm David Simon Pumpkins, and I like <laughs> to do drawings. You cheeky monkey. I caught yeah. you looking at my bum. Yeah, so maybe it's, he's actually the secret son of Simon. Simon so. and, uh, and uh, the other guy got together and created a baby. Yeah, the B-boys in the tub. <laughs> the B-boys and the B-boy skeletons in the tub with there him. There we go, yeah. Oh, man. So, all right. And so we do have um, in an episode that feels like it could be from, in the best way possible, be from like 2001, from 2000, 2001, uh, Dave Chappelle and A Tribe Called Quest. There is an NBC SNL election special on Monday. So be sure tune to check in. that out. Please tune in. And uh, follow us on Twitter at uh, TAO underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, and our website at uh, onegirlrevolution.net. Yep, and subscribe to us on iTunes uh, and Google, Google Play. Play. We are on Google Play in the podcast section. Talk yep, about ourselves and, uh, and on iTunes. And, yep, and you can find our individual handles through our Twitter page. And feel free to give us any feedback or anything you want us to talk and about. And if you want to uh, watch us on our YouTube channel. Yeah. You can find us at uh, Talk Amongst Ourselves on YouTube and our animated versions of our deliciously wonderful podcasts. So please tune in for and that. Complete, yeah, complete with uh, visual references to our yes. uh, what we're talking to about. everything that we're talking about. So tune so, in to that. It's like butter. It adds, it adds a little something extra. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in. We super appreciate it. Like a lot. And yes. we will see you next week. Uh, talking about Dave Chappelle. Hopefully. Yeah, as we'll either be uh, breathing a sigh of relief and <laughs> talking about the episode or sobbing our way through the recap. So oh. let's all just hang on and hope for the best. All right. All right. Goodbye, guys. Bye.